looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day. This is Past the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone. This is Past the Post for Sunday, the 19th of March. Thanks for your company, as always. And as always, over the next hour, we're going to dig deep into what happened yesterday. There was plenty happening right along the eastern seaboard. Of course, it was Golden Slipper Day, one of five Group 1s at Rose Hill Gardens and a lot to talk about at Rose Hill. It was All-Star Mile Day at the Valley. We'll talk about that. And it was cutest Jewel Day at Dooman, and we'll talk about that as well. Ben Dorries joins me over the next hour. You're a lucky man. Yesterday morning, Red Resistance scratched in the uh, Golden Slipper, so... How's that, how's that lucky? It would have won the bloody race. Well, I don't see how that's lucky for me. Well, it, it saved you buying me dinner because you said Red Resistance would beat Cylinder Home, which wouldn't have happened. <laughs> so you've got out of it. We'll, we'll have to find another race to, to duel on over the next few weeks. Good day of racing. Again, I don't like starting like this, but for the third week in a row, we had a, a, a shocking fall at, um, at the Valley where Fluorescent Star clipped the heels at the home turn and she had to be put down, unfortunately, and uh, T.A. Nugent was the, the jockey victim this time, following on from, from Ethan Brown, Jamie Carr and Craig Williams. It's I don't know what the word is to describe it. It's bizarre that we've had three, uh, you know, high-profile falls in the last three Saturdays in Melbourne. Yeah, it's an odd one, isn't it? Um, firstly, thoughts are with T.O. Nugent, who suffered a fractured C1 vertebrae, and I imagine he'd have some pretty heavy concussion as well. But I, I saw... Oddly enough, Ben Mellum tweeting last night, um, who's obviously Jamie Carr's partner who had that shocking fall uh, a week earlier. Uh, basically, Mellum sort of suggesting, or more than suggesting, that, you know, a heavy workload for jockeys, you know, races every day, night races, was leading to fatigue, which was leading to falls like this. Now, oh, look, I don't know. I, I'm no expert, but I, <clears throat> I reckon that argument personally is a bit thin. Um, I mean, look, if you don't, want to ride you don't have to mm. and the other thing is i mean we'll have to wait for the stewards inquiries into these incidents to play out but i would suggest to Nugent himself was at fault yesterday for this fall um be interesting to see what they say about ethan brown as well so look no doubt i mean i've <clears throat> i've kicked up for jockeys in pay disputes over the years i think they earn every cent they get um but i, I can't really buy into Mellum's argument that that sort of workload fatigue is causing falls. It could possibly be too, and this is the point I was going to come to, that he might be looking for a reason. He might be feeling in the dark looking for something because if you ask any jockey um, face-to-face, um, you know, how do you feel after these last three Saturdays? They'd say, look, this is the job we do and these things happen. But you can't tell me that some jockeys aren't a bit rattled after the last three weeks. Oh, for sure, for they sure. They wouldn't admit it, and, and, and I would, probably wouldn't expect them to, but, but there has to be a, a sense of, I don't know, I, I can't think of the word at, at the moment, but it's just so unusual uh, that, that this has happened three weeks in a row. Well, and the other one with that one yesterday, I mean, all falls look terrible, don't they? Yeah. But that one, when we were looking at T.O. Nugent prone on the ground, not moving, I mean, you, you literally did fear the absolute worst. And thankfully, he, he appears to have, I don't know if got out of it is the right word, but, but he, you know, he, he's injured, <clears throat> but, he, but he's not seriously, seriously injured. So that's uh, that's tremendous news. But look, it's certainly going to spark a wider conversation, which I guess Ben Mellon uh, raised on, on Twitter last night, um, and the stewards and other 
authorities have, have got to sort of probably have a look at sort of some of this stuff now because it can't just be coincidence. Three falls in three weeks. No, and, and and that goes to the broader point. Um, is there a reason for this? And you know, are we riding too tight? That's been a, a, an argument that's been well, uh, discussed the, for many years. The line between, I think, competitive riding and potentially dangerous riding is quite a thin one sometimes. So, um, yeah, fair bit to play out, I'd say. Yeah, interesting topic, but a sad topic. So let's move on to brighter things. And as we said, there were five Group 1s at Rose Hill Gardens yesterday. This is their biggest day. And let's go to the big one of the five, the Golden Slipper. Cylinder was the favourite at $3.40. And at Big Odds, exploring shows the way. But on the outside, Arkansas Kid, Cylinder Ruse up on the inside. Hart on the inside, Shinzo starting to run on. Cylinder takes the lead of the 200 from Shinzo giving chase. Cylinder, Shinzo, and right down the outside with a big run late is MP coming home hard, King's Gambit. But Shinzo and Ryan Moore have drawn clear to win the Golden Slipper. Shinzo beats Cylinder, King's Gambit third, Don Corleone fourth, and Empire Japan further back to Arkansas kid from Little Bros then came Blanc de Blanc from Barber, a gap to exploring from Steel City, Platinum Jubilee militarised and uh, we lost the rider of learning to fly uh, full of drama for her Chad Schofield's come down over at the 600 metre mark and failing to finish Lazago Yeah that was a drama mid-race when learning to fly uh, dislodged Chad Schofield, she just wasn't in the right frame of mind, I'm not saying that was her fault what happened there, but she was um, she was chancy in the barrier. She missed the start by two legs, right out of character for her and maybe a victim of the hot day because reading the stewards report, there were quite a few incidents where horses are pulled up with with mild heat stress. But that's uh, learning to fly. But the, the real deal is Shinzo. What a sense of timing here with this horse, only racing seven days earlier, winning the Pago Pago and then successful yesterday. Tom Moore is representing Coolmore. He's our first guest on Pass the Post. Tom, good morning. And to the organisation, congratulations. Yeah, good morning, guys. Thank you very much for having me. Um, it was a great result for everyone concerned at Coolmore yesterday. Um, you couldn't wipe the smile off Tom Magnus' face. And to have to do it with a colt that was bred and raised on the farm and we sourced the mare in foal to Schnitzel carrying Shinzo, was just made it all more sweet. Exactly right. I defer to Ray Thomas here, the article he wrote on the Golden Slipper, and I think it makes a lot of sense in hindsight. He summed it up well. Here was a case of Coolmore versing Godolphin over the last 100 metres, uh, McDonald versing Moore, Waller versing Cummings. It had a, a great sense of, of, of uh, you know, majesty about it almost. Yeah, it gives you an indication uh, as to how important this race is. For, for our breeding industry when you have heavyweights like Coolmore and, and Godolphin and, and Newgate Ren third and fourth as well with Colts that will go on to be well received at start uh, I'm, I'm sure all the top four Colts will go on and find a home at start in time but yeah it goes to show how important the race is and we have people involved in, in Shinzo in the ownership um, from all over the world whether it be Germany, America in um, Ireland, of course. So we have international investors that put a lot of money into the industry here in the hope that they can one day win a Golden Slipper and to be able to achieve it yesterday was a huge result for us. So I'm assuming when um, learning to fly sort of uh, you know lost lost the rider, all Coolmore eyes would have been on learning to fly, uh, wondering what had happened there. At, at what point did you sort of go from 
the, the devastation, I guess, of that to, 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 to watching Shinzo and thinking, hang on, we've got a chance here. Yeah, I suppose it was, it was bittersweet in the aftermath. Um, Annabelle and her team were absolutely devastated. Um, and learning to fly, we thought had a great chance in the race too. So, yeah, our eyes were on learning to fly. And um, our, our thoughts were with learning to fly, but it, it was hard to take your eyes off Shinzo when he hit the front with 100 metres to go. Um, learning to fly, we've been to see this morning. She's in... She's in Randwick Equine, and she seems to have improved overnight. She will be fine in, in long term, so the uh, prognosis for her is good. J-Mac had ridden Shinzo in the previous two starts, and there he was on cylinder. When did the decision, or when did the talk start about getting Ryan Moore to come here to ride Shinzo? Well, obviously, we, he won the Pago Pago the week before, um, which gave, booked him his ticket in the race. Uh, Tom Magna the principal of Coolmore Australia, had it in the back of his mind that Ryan would be able to come out if, if he was to gain a start. He was he's a horse that we always had a huge opinion of, and but a lot of the premier jockeys in Sydney had already booked rides for the race. So um, it, it didn't take long after he won the Pago Pago for us to get on the phone to, to Ryan to get him out here. And what about giving Chris Waller his first Golden Slipper? I mean, we all know Chris has won uh, virtually every major race in Australia, but but I sense there there would have been a bit of extra significance to this um, to this win. Well, like you also, I'm sure you also Chris Waller in these interviews after the race and got an indication of what it meant to him. Uh, he he's an incredible trainer, a great trainer. Uh, so it was only a matter of time before he ended up winning a Golden Slipper. He, he's had plenty of runners in the slipper before. He had yes, yes, yes for us, who drew the outside barrier and flew home and ran six or seventh, came home in the best sectionals, uh, home affairs, ran a nice race without everything going his way. He, he's had plenty of chances in the race, and but it's a race where you need everything to go right to win. So, yeah, for, for Chris to get the win and for us to provide that for him was a huge thrill for us. Double prong question here. Um, Twelve hundred metres of a, of a golden slipper. Um, you know, he, he came out on top, but I'd suggest he'd be even better over over further. Um, and the second part of that question is that is that it? The grand, uh, you know, that was the grand final. He'll have, he'll have a spell now, or is there a chance? Um, you know, he could push on uh, this autumn. I'm sure there is a chance, but that that will be totally left up to Chris and his team, and to see how he pulls up. Um, he's a cult that we want to get back at three and target races like the Coolmore and the Golden Rose and perhaps the Everest. Uh, he's a horse that Chris and his team have always said would be would be better at three. Um, he's not a not the furnished product yet, so I think he's a very exciting. He's obviously a very exciting cult, a highly talented cult, and he's the Golden Slipper winner now. So he doesn't have to do anything more as a two-year-old. Um, but obviously his favourite for the size produce, and that is an option. So we'll leave that up to Chris. He's the trainer, and we're just along for the ride, but happy to do whatever he, he recommends. Uh, in terms of getting out over ground a bit further, I'm not sure. He's by Snitzel out of Samaretti. Snitzel's obviously a very fast horse, and Samaretti won a Blue Diamond and and um, and a Group 1 over 1,000 metres. So I'm not sure if, if he'll... Stay a lot further, but he does. He looks like he has the constitution, which should see him 
1,400 metres and maybe a mile in time. He gives every indication of that. You're in a better position than, than, than Ben and I here to, to answer this question or discuss this. So winning that golden slipper yesterday, what sort of value does this horse carry now, Shinzo? What's he worth? Well, you, you would have to say he's he's one of the most valuable staying prospects or side prospects in, in the world. Um, uh, he's, he's worth a, he's worth a significant amount of money, but he's not for sale. He will be standing at Coolmore in the future, and you would expect him to stand for a pretty high fee. And he's got a great bunch of owners in him who will be supporting him with their own mares. Uh, he hopefully he's going to be a very important stallion for the Australian breeding industry over the next twenty years. Yeah. Um, he's he's worth about as much as a stallion prospect could possibly be worth, but in the, in the same breath. He's not for sale. No, that's, that's, that's a very well-answered question, actually, when you think about it. It's a great result for the organisation. And just before you go, one more question, a, a follow-up with Learning to Fly. I think I mentioned before you came on air that uncharacteristically she missed the start and she was a bit a bit chancy in the gates. I wonder if the heat might have affected her yesterday. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that the heat had an impact. Uh, it's, it's a high-pressure race. Chris Wallace said in the, to us in, in private during the week that the race can either be won or lost before they get to the barriers. Uh, they, those, these are inexperienced horses that haven't witnessed things like that before. And maybe sometimes it can be a bit much for these inexperienced horses or they just get overawed by the occasion with a big crowd. I'm not sure, but I, I wouldn't say it was the heat. It was just one of those things that can happen in racing. And if you run the race 10 times over, I'm sure it wouldn't have happened like that. So it's just one of those things that happens. It's just bad luck, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. But she'll be back bigger and better as a three-year-old. Yeah, exactly right. Good on you, Tom. Thanks for your time this morning. You provided us with a lot of information. No problem. Thank you for having me. Tom Moore, who represents Coolmore, our first guest this morning. And, uh, yeah, I, I think... Ray was right. It, it was a battle of the titans, wasn't it, in so many forms, you know, with, with a big jockey, trainer or organisation. Yeah. Um, Shinjo was just dominant, really, at the end. Um, you know, one by over a length. Cylinder, uh, your horse was very good. King's Gambit ran third. Uh, what about be the scenes before the start? I don't think I've ever seen a horse sweat up so much. It was just absolutely muck leather sort of stuff. Oh, I just reckon when this horse just matures a bit, uh, calms down a bit, cools down a bit. Uh, I tell you what, gee whiz, he's got a future, I reckon. Um, and Don Corleone ran well uh, as well. Plenty of decent runs in the race. I suppose the disappointments, Steel City, um, I, I guess was, you know, there's a fair bit of late money, especially when Red, Red Resistance came out uh, of a wide draw, um, you know, was beaten 10 lengths. Barber again, you know, a $21 chance going to this race. The one-time slipper favourite, um, I guess you could say is disappointing, but... Uh, and obviously learning to fly for the, for the for the backers of learning to fly. That was a massive disappointment. Started uh, the second favourite. But all in all, uh, all honours to the winner. And, and so often the case with Chris Waller, it is a sense of timing. The right horse on the right day at the right time. But for the first time, he's been able to do it in a slipper. So uh, that's a big achievement for him. Let's continue our look back at Rose Hill Gardens yesterday. We'll go to the George Ryder. And Animo was uh, attempting his ninth Group 1 Bookies let putters on. A dollar eighty was the starting price, but he didn't have much luck in the run.
Coming to the turn, Electric Girl just in front from Converge, Communist locked up, Osipenko peeling wide and now Animo getting right to the outside, Converge moved up now, racing to a narrow lead from Electric Girl, Osipenko and Animo being roused along, Converge at big odds giving a great sight, Animo, he's really got a lift, he's coming now, Animo lays it down to Converge and the big A Animo puts the head in front, rattling home his fangirl, Animo's George Ryder, Animo Big fangirl converge, Artorias flashing at the end. Then came Osipenko, Lavode, Communist, Lion's Roar, Electric Girl, and Golden Mile. He had to lift after the wide runner. He's done it, Animo. Yes, he certainly has done it. That is his ninth Group 1. He's earned almost $12 million in prize money. And he said he'd be with us if uh, there was a good result, and there was. So he's with us. Vin Cox, good morning. Good morning, David. Morning, Ben. It's very nice to be back on a Sunday morning. I watch a lot of races. I call a lot of races. I watch a lot of races, and you become a bit uh, used to things, and you don't get excited. With Animo yesterday, this wasn't presented to him. He was forced to race wide from his wide barrier. Put me in a position, and you can only talk from, from your personal experiences, watching this race in the straight, I was willing him to win. Come on, Animo. You can do it. You can do it. And he did it. I think for a lot of people who watched that race yesterday, this would have been one of his most spectacular wins because he really had to dig deep, and champions do that. Yeah, he he had to very much dig deep. He had to tough it out. It was a tough run. Uh, he was given no favours. Uh, Joe Matt, you know, just had to ride the race that was presented in front of him. And um, to your point, down the running... Uh, the, the the roar of the crowd, yeah. uh, the people that get in behind him, you know, he's a people's horse. And, um, you know, just I was talking to different people through the afternoon that are at different venues, whether they're at a pub or, you know, park or wherever, just everyone to a person was cheering this bloke on. And, um, you know, he's just, he's a rock star. He races like a rock star. He behaves like a rock star. Um, and it's just fun that we, we, we've got our hands on him and the racing public can enjoy him. Where do you think that actually sat in terms of his of his greatest wins? Obviously, he's won bigger races than a George Ryder, but in terms of the manner of the win, was that right up there with anything you've seen from him? I think so. You know, Ben, I mean, that is, it's a Group 1 George Ryder. It's, uh, it's always been one of the strongest mate parade races in Sydney, um, and he it was a good, strong field. Uh, and he drew the outside. He had to, you know, he had to really dig deep to win, and um, and when he did, and you know, he didn't put him put him away, but you know, he he had the tough run in transit. So, um, funny enough, James McDonald said um, just before the slip, he said, you know, he was never never going to lose that horse. He didn't put another two hundred meters. Um, he would have just held him at bay. So that's the quality of the horse. He knows what he's doing. He knows where the finish post is, and he wants to win. It was his 14th win yesterday, and I think I might have mentioned this before to you when you've been on the show with us, That, and you just made the point then, except for that Rose Hill Giddies, he never wins by big margins, but he always keeps winning, a bit like octagonal. Uh, and the other other point to make out of yesterday, and I'm always fascinated by James Cummings' comments post-race. As we know, uh, the, the Godolphin organisation, they put a lot of work into the preparation of a race, not just with the, the horse's well-being, but how the race is going to be run, videos, speed maps, the like. And as Cummings said, he said there was a real possibility that he would get caught wide, and we had to be aware of that situation and, and be 
relax with it, be settled with it. He said there's no point going out there, getting caught wide and panicking. And that's exactly the way McDonald rode it. He, he was stuck there, but he just allowed the horse to relax and, and just, you know, let him do his thing. Yeah, and I think um, James and Dominic and, and others that really study these speed maps and, and that sort of stuff, I think it was more... Um, themselves getting the comfort with it than, mm. than say, J-Mac. J-Mac's out there experiencing and dealing the cards that he's, or playing the cards that he's dealt. Um, and, you know, it just to have to face up to say, well, that's probably where we're going to be. I think, I don't think there was any real possibility unless things played right into our hands that, that we could end up being, you know, one out. But, um, you know, he ended up three deep and, you know, probably five deep straightening for home and and you know just battle it out it was it was it was no it's very good to see very exciting and um, fantastic for the team please 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 vin tell us we're going to see him in the queen elizabeth i had a couple of people in my ear last night <laughs> saying gee whiz that was a tough run with with uh, royal ascot on the horizon uh, i had a couple of wags in my ear saying i wonder if that was his last australian run i wonder whether he'll just be set aside now for royal ascot i said surely not queen elizabeth well, we were talking about it, and, you know, that's the run he needed to go into a Queen Elizabeth. So, um, you know, that's the absolutely ideal. He's had a nice, tough run. That'll just harden him right up for what is shaping up to be an outstanding Queen Elizabeth. That The win of Dubai Honour yesterday was, was, was you know, just spectacular. Um, that European form, bringing a Japanese horse, I can't think of his name now, um, and then the local domestic form, Mr. Brightside's and the like. Um, it's going to it's setting up for a wonderful race. But no, our, then our intention is to is to run him with the Queen Elizabeth over 2,000 metres. Uh, that sets him up very well um, to drop back in distance uh, a number of weeks later in the Queen Anne over a mile um, at Royal Ascot. Well, a great uh, Group One win with the George Ryder, but uh, gee, it could have been. Could have been even better for Godolphin when you look back at the results yesterday. Cylinder, of course, we've we've discussed him before. You came on here in the Golden Slipper, Cascadian, second in the All Star Mile, and Pericles beating a whisker in the, the Rose Hill Guineas. Yeah, no, it, was, it was a pretty good day. Those those sort of results are, are wonderful, and and you know we weren't beaten far in a couple of them. But yeah, there's there's lots of things you can draw out of that. The Pericles um, was beaten by um. Lindemann, um, the, the that's him, um, who's the son of Lonro. Mm. Um, so, you know, the great Lonro who stands on our roster, a great result for him, another group one winner for him. And uh, Shinzo beating us in the in the Golden Slipper, well, he's a full full brother to Exhilarate, our, our filly that won the Magic Million. So her value went up unbelievably. Um, so, <laughs> You're too good, even when you lose, you still win. <laughs> Oh, well, it's just, you know, it's just, it, those sorts of things are, you know, quite rewarding. But it was interesting. James McDonald came out to tra- track work on Tuesday morning. He rode, obviously, rode Animo. He rode Cylinder. He rode Pericles. Um, he rode Zapatea, who won. And he rode Cascadia. And each time he came back in, he said, oh, that's just what's enormous. Oh, that's just, this is going unbelievably. <laughs> My son's standing next to me. I'm, I hate to think what Molly had yesterday. He, he, he would have gone very, very close. Um, but all of them, you know, if they didn't win, they 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 they, they absolutely excelled and, and and raced very very well. So um, no, it was it was it was a great day. And honourable mentions to to Paracel won the Group Three Typhoon Tracy and Zapatero, of course, won the Group Three Birthday Card at Rose Hill. Vin, congratulations, yeah. Animo 
is uh, is carrying the weight of a nation. Now we we love him and we look forward to seeing him in the in the Queen Elizabeth in a few weeks' time. Good on you. Thanks for your support, guys. No worries. Good on you, man. Thank you. Vin Cox joining us this morning. And um, you would have watched Animo at Demon yesterday. Were you willing him on like I was? Oh, absolutely. I reckon you summed that up beautifully. Like when you when you see a champion up against it, whether it's in horse racing or tennis or cricket or mm. footy or whatever it is, you, you just you kind of will them on. Because, because you, you, you think there's a chance they can get beat now and yet you know how good they are. So there's these these conflicting emotions as you're watching. And, and basically, I was just in the box of doom and saying, come on. Yeah, I, I was it. cheering him on, but I, I must admit I turned to my colleague and I said, oh, I, think, I don't think he can win. Like, mm. I, so... When you think that, and he still does it, um, you know, it was phenomenal. I'll tell you what, hasn't Fangirl got a win coming? I mean, that was it was all on his animo with the run, but Fangirl just charged late and a bit of a tease maybe this horse. I don't know. But, um, you know, another 30 or 40 metres, Vin said animo would have still won. I don't know about that. Fangirl was coming pretty quick. Well, over the years or over the decades, there have been champions and there's, there's often been a horse that's had to play second or third fiddle. Hey, list. And exactly in more recent times, you go back to the times of, um, of, of Farlap and uh, when, when Tullock was racing, horses like, I think, Sailor's Guide uh, and Farlap, some I can't quite remember, but Fangirl is sort of fitting into that, that category. Three runs so far, all very good, but Animo, Animo, Animo has beaten her each time. So that's, that's the case it is. Let's go to the Galaxy. And we had a particular Queensland interest here because, of course, Uncommon James was in and he was the favourite. And Eduardo spins the corner just in front of Zoo Style. Maria Mia back on the inside. Uncommon James has held up for a run. Shades of Rose revved up on the outside. Right down the outside is Remark with a good run. Cannonball squeezing for Rao's run as Maria Mia takes the lead. Maria Mia's drawn a length clear. Uncommon James clear now. Maria Mia in front from Uncommon James. Cannonball and Maria Mia wins the Group 1 Galaxy by a length to Uncommon James. Third between Cannonball and Asfura late on the scene. Then Key Largo together with rocketing by late for the back to uh, then generation Eduardo had to get tied together with Shades of Rose, Zoo Styler and uh, Andermatt Maria Mia trained by Joe Pride and um, she cracked it for a group one, it was her ninth win having a good run and sprinting well to score Yeah it was a sensational win wasn't it and um, I love emotion in racing and uh, we see a fair bit of it and the scenes with Tyler Schiller um, winning his first Group 1, that the Sydney, hugely talented Sydney apprentice, um, and really dedicating the win to his father, who's battling cancer. And speaking of the man, he's joining us now, uh, fresh from success yesterday. Tyler, good morning and congratulations. Good morning, guys. How are we? Well, how are you? Did you celebrate big or was it a quiet night? Nah, I had to work today. Um, <laughs> so it was good enough, but not too much. Every uh, jockey who experiences their first Group 1 win, um, it's an emotional moment, um, but especially so for you. Just just run us through some of your emotions on course yesterday after the win, Tyler. Yeah, I think I was all good until I started talking about my dad. Um, it, it was very good to win a Group 1, but to get it for dad, it, it meant so much more to me. Um there's so much enjoyment and excitement and then just happiness and gratefulness that I could ride a Group 1 winner. Um, but now, very grateful for the opportunity. 
This was your first, I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, this was your first ride on this mare. Were you always certain of getting the ride? How did it all come about? Yeah, first ride on the mare. I was supposed to ride her a first start in Sydney, actually, when Dylan Gibbons rode her, but um, I already had a ride. Um, Joe Joe did hound me for a couple of weeks um, to try and get me on in this race, so he knew he needed a lightweight jockey, and... um, I was very grateful that I got the opportunity. I got a couple of offers, but she was the one that I ended up going with and I had to convince my manager to take. Tyler, obviously you're the, the, the champion apprentice um, from last season, but I mean, for those listeners who don't know, 47 Metro wins this season, trailing only James McDonald, if you don't mind, in the senior riding ranks in Sydney. So you're having some sort of season. Just take our listeners through a bit of your backstory. For those of you who see, see your riding, um, you know, think the world of you, but maybe don't know that much about your background and where you're from and, and how you came through the ranks. Yeah, I started off as a little kid down down young with Dad and Pop loving the trotters and ended up in the thoroughbreds not too long after I was 16, only because of I was small and um, was light enough. I loved horses and I just decided to take that route um, I was very grateful that Phil Sweeney gave me a go. Um, he's he was a very good mentor to me. He had two daughters that he brought through as jockeys, and they both made it to metro level. So only they were in Victoria, um, where he wanted me to go. But uh, I couldn't ride very well. But when he got got a hold of me, he taught me very quickly. And as I said, he was a great mentor in the early stages. Uh, when I outrode my country claim, then I went looking for provincial metro stable, and uh, I was luckily that uh, Mark was very willing to take on a new apprentice, and now uh, very grateful for that opportunity as well. I wonder if Maria Mia, I wonder if Joe Pride might consider rolling the dice and, and going to the TJ Smith. Yeah, I think I think that's the next path with her. Uh, meeting those horses that wait for age and obviously Eduardo, um, Nature Strip and the best sprinters in the world will be there. But the way she went yesterday, I know it'll be a big task, but fingers crossed that we can get there and draw a gate and be up in the up in lights again. Yeah, it, it, uh, it, it worked out perfectly for you there yesterday. Uh, a good gate, a good run in transit. She's got that good turn of speed too. She can peel off a hot pace and then and then hit the line well itself. Great result yesterday, and I hope your dad... Uh, uh, well, you'll never forget that day. Put it that way, I'm sure you never will either. You'll probably ride many more Group 1 winners, but you'll never forget this one yesterday. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, guys. Definitely was the most special one. 100%. There he is, Tyler Schiller, joining us this morning on Past the Post. And congratulations, too, to Joe Pryor, because he never started with his horse. It would, uh, began, she began a career in Victoria... And he's really turned her around so much so she's a Group 1 winner. Yeah, when this mare joined Joe Pride's yard, she only had a rating of 75, believe it or not. And she's come from nowhere. Oh, look, I'll put my hand up here. And I'd barely heard of Maria Mare. Oh, look, when that horse bursted lead, I thought, what horse is this? I thought half expected it to be a 1,000 to 1 chance. And, and it was 10, she certainly got under my guard. As I said, I was having the same conversation actually last night with Richard Morrison, one of the Brisbane Racing Club uh, directors, he said exactly the same thing. So she's certainly got under a few people's um, guard and come a long way in a short time. 
This is a caper, 1100-1200. They, they tried her at the 1300 of the Millie Fox, and she was a short price favourite that day, but she seemed to, to have every chance. But I see no reason why uh, they, they won't have a crack at the, the TJ Smith. You've got a mare that's fit and informed. What did you make of Uncommon James, runner-up? Look, it, it's, I think it's a, a tough one to try and work out because for those who've watched the race, you'll see the first part of the straight uh, difficulty trying to get a run, but I think it's fair to say the run came, the run came proper at the 100 metres, and he had his chance to, to get her down. She was in full flight. I wouldn't say he was a good thing beaten, but I would say he was slightly unlucky. Yeah, I think he was honourable in defeat. be interesting to see what they do with him now. I know they'd ruled out that quokka race in Perth at the slot race, but I think they're getting such extravagant offers, or they were getting such That's extravagant offers. That's what he said last offers. week when we spoke to him. It's back on the table. So do you, what, what do you do now? I mean, I suppose we'll let the dust settle and find out, um, you know, in a couple of days. But whatever they do, they've still got a bloody good horse on their hands. That race isn't far away either, the 15th of April, only a, a few weeks. Let's go to the Ranvet. Now, we're talking about Animo, but uh, here's a horse who'll, who'll th- who'll, who will throw down the challenge to Animo in the Queen Elizabeth. He's uh, an English stayer. His name is Dubai Honour. Here's the replay. Now Nash starts to turn the screws on Mawunga. He moved up on the outside of Hinged a long way from home. It's Hinged and Mawunga going stride for stride now. And Dubayana stalking the pair in third. Modophilia is taking off on the outside of El Bodigan. Then Gold Trip and Banker's Choice coming to the turn. Hinged has still got something in the locker. And Hinge found a length. Found a length and a half on Mawunga. And now Ryan Moore's pushing into the clear on Dubayana. Modophilia coming down the outside. Dubayana moves up on the outside of Hinge. They're clear then from Monophilia. Mawunga can't go on, but it is William Haggis going to do it again. Dubayana's three lengths clear. Last year's winner, Monophilia can't get there, and Dubayana can't handle a dry track. Look at him go. Dubayana ripped clear to win it by five lengths to Monophilia. Mawunga third, followed then by Hinge, Gold Trip, further back to Banker's Choice and El Bodigan. Well, he was in another postcard. Ryan Moore, two rides, two wins, both at Group 1. And William Haggis, his strike rate in Australia is unbelievable. I think he's had 11 runners for seven winners, and that was his fourth Group 1 yesterday. You know what that race was? It was bloody embarrassing for Australia. That's what it was. I mean, this horse just turns up. Another William Haggis horse just absolutely brains his opposition. Started $5. Put this in perspective. That horse started $5.50 yesterday, and is now the three dollar fifty favourite. Sorry, second favourite behind Animo, who's two dollars fifty to win the Queen Elizabeth. That was just that was embarrassing for the Australian well, Brigade. Well, I think, that was dead said embarrassing. I think David Page summed it up. He transmitted a fit here, and he just threw his hands in there. And he said, "They're better than us." Well, they are. They, you know? they clearly are. I mean, even like Gold Trip, the the Melbourne Cup winner was you know more than seven lengths, uh, you know, a stern in fifth, and it was just an embarrassment fest. I thought, and obviously a bloody good horse, but I mean. Well, we and they 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 didn't run at a at a any breakneck tempo. The, the, the speed was moderate. The sprint home was thirty three seventy eight. That's at the end of two thousand metres, and he was uh, flying high. So it sets up for a, a good clash on the on the second day of the championships, April eight. Animo v Dubai Honor. A good clash. It'll be a blockbuster clash. You know what that is? That's a match race. That is a dead set. They're, they're the only two horses that can win the Queen Elizabeth. That will get people to the track that day. That'll be an absolutely outstanding race. Well, you put your seal on that. Let's now get to the last of the group ones. 
Let's <laughs> out of the last of the group ones, the Rose Hill Giddies. Nash goes for home on Lyndon and now Pericles stoked up by McDonald and the favourite is sticking to the task. It's Lindemann a length, three quarters to Pericles, who's almost level now. Yes, Pericles draws level with Lindemann. They're well clear from the rest. It's Pericles trying to get the upper hand from Lindemann. Drifting out Pericles from Lindemann. Lifting! Lifting hard! Oh, it's a thriller in the Guineas. Lindemann coming back on Pericles. There's nothing between the pair. Williamsburg third. Then came elliptical from Machalade, Manzois, Brosnan and Osbred Rising Sun. Lindemann did lift well under pressure, so much so he worried Pericles out of the first prize. Nash, Rowella riding, Chris Waller training, and more than likely, this is often a, a stepping stone to the derby, but I think from what I'm reading is that Chris Waller is, will probably send Lindemann to the Doncaster. Probably thinks he's not a 2,400-metre horse. Uh, yeah, didn't Pericles have that shot to bits? Nash or Willer? Um, I think just think won that race for that horse. Uh, just such a vigorous ride. It got the very best out of Lindemann in the final stages. I thought Lindemann was just going to run a beautiful second. But um, terrific result again for Chris Waller and Nash or Willer. Uh, geez, wouldn't you want him riding your horse in a tight finish? 100%. That was uh, the Group 1 Golden Slipper Day at Rose Hill Gardens. Of course, Rose Hill race again next Saturday with the Group 1 Tancred and the Group 1 Vinery for the Phillies and Mares. Let's go to the Valley now, and the fifth running of the All-Star Mile, the second time it was at the Valley, Alligator Blood was the $2.80 favourite. Gentlemen, Roy has taken the lead from Laws of Indices. I'm Thunderstruck is moving up around the outside. They were followed by Alligator Blood, who's in awful traffic. Further back in the field, Mr. Brightside and Nugget. Gentlemen, Roy went for home. 300 metres to go. A length and a half in front of Alligator Blood, who's getting into the clear. They were followed by Nugget. And to the outside, Mr. Brightside. Alligator Blood moves up and takes the lead, but Mr. Brightside's challenging. Mr. Brightside up to Alligator Blood. Cascadian late. Mr. Brightside side in front and Mr Brightside has won the mile from Cascadian the inevitable fourth alligator blood from Nugget next in the field pounding and then came Sosie Bond gentlemen Roy she's a belter I'm thunderstruck laws of indices Aegon Keats at the end of the field with my Oberon and Alan Kerr well Luke Curry stepping in for Craig Williams who of course uh, is on the injured list uh, Ben and JD Hayes training uh, this has been their flag bearer for the stable of course they're only fresh from success in the Blue Diamond with Little Bros, but of course, Mr. Brightside, one of the Doncaster for them and an all star mile yesterday. Yeah, I mean, they were almost in some ways on a bit of a hiding to nothing when they took over from their famous father, David. Um, you know, did they have the horse flesh? Did they have the, um, you know, the, 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 well, they certainly had the pedigree to succeed, but would they? Uh, they certainly have their going. Uh, great guns. And I was particularly happy for Luke Curry here. Flew back from Hong Kong. I know Luke quite well. Lovely fella. Terrific rider. And he has missed so many Group 1 rides and big race rides himself through injury. Uh, so to basically get this ride through someone else's uh, misfortune, Craig Williams, um, you know, I was really wrapped for him. Cascadian is an old boy, but he, he, he generally bobs up if he doesn't win. And uh, second there um, the, for the rising nine-year-old and the inevitable the inevitable doing Tassie proud in running third. Alligator Blood um, was was good, but I thought he had his chance. Uh, yeah, he did. Um, so they're going to take Alligator Blood back to Sydney and, and just decide what to do with him. I don't think the fast run nature of that race where there was lots of challenges coming early probably suited Alligator Blood. Um, <clears throat> but I guess a bit disappointing on face value. 
I don't know what to make of the All-Star Mile, David. Uh, in its first incarnation, its second incarnation, um, you know, it was really up and about as a pop-up race or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. I, I, like, it was a good win from Mr Brightside yesterday. But, I mean, he beat Cascadia in the inevitable third, Nugget fourth. I mean, I don't know. So if we... I'm half potting the race, put if, it that if, way. If we compare, like, sort of like oranges and oranges here, it doesn't have the same impact that the Everest does, does it? No, it doesn't. And when you've got a horse like Animo running over 1,600 in a Group 1 uh, in Sydney and then you see the All-Star Mile, oh, look, it's very much got its place on the calendar and, and it has its fans. I just think maybe the quality of the race needs a bit of an uptick. I don't know how you do that because it's already a $5 million race. Mm. I just think they've got to lure a couple more sort of household name horses, better horses to that race in future years. A couple more features from the Valley yesterday. Let's go to the Group 2 Alistair Clark for the three-year-olds. Bazuro running on time has stopped and started them. Comes up to the 450 by a length and a half. Two in third high approach and then Bankmore Bullocking into the clear. Amenimals got out about four or five wide and still four off the lead as they sprint. Swazuro in front of running on time. Then Bankmore. Two further back. Japanese Emperor who's working into the clear. Swazuro the leader with about 100 metres to go from Bankmore who's pegging it back. Swazuro grabbed by Bankmore. Japanese Emperor is behind them but Bankmore took Took the front and Bankmore. Bankmore has won it from Swazuro and Japanese Emperor. Photo for fourth, running on time and amenable. Then came Chevelle Savant. The Bolt has run a decent race. Yeah, this is Bankmore's third racing campaign. We actually saw him up here at our carnival last year. He ran midfield in a, a two-year-old race, the first race of the day. Might have been Strabray, might have been Tats Day, but uh, he then went back in the spring. He was more than credible in the Caulfield Guineas. And he's continued that form. He's, he's been good this campaign. And the Manfred, the, the CSAs, and then a good fourth of the Australian Guinea. So no surprise to see him win yesterday. They never actually looked like losing that race in the run. Had the, the pole position barrier one and just given a beautiful ride just behind the pace by Craig Newitt. He got him out at the right time. Big day for Froggy Newitt. That was his mm. third winner of the day. Not quite a Ben Thompson effort. Five in Brisbane, which we'll talk about soon. But still, a big day for Craig Newitt. Richard Lamming trains and, of course, in the colours of his dad, Bevan. Let's go to the eighth race. We discussed this briefly before. Paracel winning for Godolphin in the Typhoon Tracy. Coming up to the turn at the 300 metres, Paracel with My Bella May, Lady Laguna under pressure. Wee Nessie's joining in four deep and then waltz on by. Paracel had a kick at the 150. Wee Nessie the threat on the outside. Paracel with 100 metres to go from Wee Nessie who's trying very, very hard. Paracel drifting off a true line but one. Paracel by a neck to Wee Nessie and Lady Laguna. Then a wall of them, waltz on by, was right there with also Oh High in company then with My Bella May. May and Mumbai Jewel from Cythera. A gap Paris Dior who never came on today and at the end was winner takes it all. We've often discussed the planning and preparation by Godolphin. Here's a great case in point. Wins at Kenzo Maiden, wins at Rose Hill. They decide to up stumps, send her to Melbourne and she gets black type status. Yeah, it was a nice win and uh, keeping it all in the family really. Of course, she's a half sister to Cylinder, your favourite horse, which ran second in the Golden Slipper. Our other feature at the Valley yesterday was the Abel Stakes. It's in the boat taking the lead from Dual Malaba and then she's all class in the boat. A hundred metres to go. Still led by a leg Malaba and she's all class who's coming in, in the boat who's paddling and she's all class got him. She's all class has won from in the boat Malaba. Frankie Pino running through the line in a photo for four with Dual followed by Imperial Lad Lady of Honor. Next to finish in the race Lombardo. A long gap to I Am War and Bill Ciel. 
I'm fairly certain she started favourite in the Guineas that in the Magic Millions that Shaquiro won. She started with Chris Waller. She's all class. She's only won the one race prior to yesterday, but now, of course, with Kieran Murray and David Eustace, made a mess of the start, but then recovered along the inside, strong to the line, laid a good way, just two twelve dollars down to eight. Yeah, I reckon fifty four kilos, a bit of lightest weight. She's carried in quite a while too, just creeping down in the weights a little bit. Um, but of course, that was the race. We didn't hear that. We cut that, um, cut the fall out of the call there. But that was the race, obviously marred um, by the fall with T. A. Nugent and Fluorescent Star. Um, going down, and of course, after this race, um, you know, everything was delayed while, you know, T.R. Nugent was treated and, um, you know, they, they cared for the mm. um, fall, uh, fallen horse, and um, away we went again. But yeah, lovely win to uh, She's All Class. Always had the capability, but just probably hasn't been quite able to bridge the gap between performance and potential. In the colours of Made Famous by Yes, Yes, Yes. That was the Valley, of course, it's Australian Cup Day at Flemington next Saturday as the carnival draws to a close. In Melbourne, let's take a break here on Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Back to have a look at Cutis Jewel Day at Doomba next. You're listening to Radio Tab's Pass the Post with David Fowler and Ben Dorries. Yes, pa- uh, Pass the Post brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Don't forget the website. That's the place to go to, archerparkracing.com.au. They've signed up Count to Beans as their runner in the Archer. Archer Park, of course, have a slot in the Archer, which is... Going to be held at Callaghan Park in Rocky in late April. So Counter Beans will be the Archer Park rep. All the big guns are ready to come back. Golden Boom, Spiritual Eyes, Hidden Wells, TikTok Queen. They've got uh, a wealth of talent there. We wish them well. Let's go to Dooman yesterday. We had two $500,000 races, the cutest jewels for the th- for the two-year-olds and the three-year-olds. We'll go to the two-year-old version first. And Mashani Royale was the favourite. Eight legs span, the Mashani Royale steadies in front. Second, the outside shot of Whiskey. Three wide, Mashani Gangster and posted. Fourth, the inside, Mashani Metallic, Spin Doctor. Fifth, one off the fence within reason. Six, three wide with cover. Then Salt Lake Benny, Rupert's house shuffle back. Then in evidence, followed by Top Fun Crimson Warning. Glass of Rosé, trifling a mile back. Then Ringer's Reward, Minnows Doro. And last of all, Mashani Raider. In the straight, 300 left to run. Mashani Royale, given full tilt, is trying to fend off the challenge of shot of Whiskey. On the outside, Mashani Gangster running a fair race. Then came Spin Doctor getting to the clear. It's Mashani Royale trying to grip on to the lead. And she currently is. Mashani Royale in front. They can't get her. Mashani Gangster second. Third over the line was Spin Doctor. And fourth was trifling out wide. Then came Shot of Whiskey in evidence. Followed by Mashani Metallic within reason. Well back was Ringer's Reward. Then Rupert's House. Top fun. Mashani Raider. Salt Lake Betty. Then came Glass of Rosé, Crimson Warning, Meadows Doro last home, 1.996, and she's done it all the way, and that's fourth of N. Thompson. I remember when Paul Keating won the 1993 uh, federal election for Labor, he commented uh, that night, this was the sweetest victory of all. And I reckon Les Ross would think the same thing after this result yesterday because Les, as the trainer, and his mate Mike Crooks as the owner, put so much into to, to two- and three-year-old racing through the cutest scheme to Cornella, the big one yesterday, was a fantastic result. He joins us now, Les. Good morning. Morning, David. Morning, Ben. That was a great result yesterday. Mate. You must have been really happy. Oh, it's, um, I, I, it was like surreal. It was really like a dream come true, David. It's um, uh, something that we sort of set our sights on a couple of months back. And, um, yeah, you just... And Crooks, he said to me on Thursday, we'll run one too, you know, and I said... <laughs> I don't know about that, mate. Yeah, I said, if we can get one home, I'll be happy. But 
Um, yeah, and uh, I, I've got a healthy respect for the the form students. And when they had her up favourite, I, you know, even though she was favourite, I still thought there was, you know, a little doubt of the twelve hundred. And um, yeah, it was just a, it was just a great. And and to have all the staff, we had all the Mashani staff and all the my staff there, and it was just great to have everyone there. And um, yeah, it was just um, yeah, it was great. And uh, I just wanted to say that bloke, that syndicated bloke that was bagging us during the week. Well, he, he didn't really bag us, but I I just like to say, get a bully bully up you now, mate, because uh, <laughs> he had every chance, but he uh, knocking us off and a couple of little homebreds knocked them. Uh, you don't have to go to the sales and spend three and four hundred thousand to buy a horse that can win a decent race. Yeah. Now, now, you bring that point up. I was going to bring it up later. You brought it up now. I want to bring it up now. now you call a spade a spade. You just have called a, a spade a shovel lead. But what makes what makes me laugh, right, is that and and you know this. I mean, uh, I've known you a long time, and you're not going to be you're not going to be uh, offended by what I say. A lot of trainers will say behind your back, of course. Oh, they're easy beats the machines. You know, you'd beat them. But funny, they say that on one hand, but on the other hand. They keep blowing up when you when you've got too many in the race, they reckon. So they can't have it both ways. That's it. Well, when we had the ten, Mike actually didn't want to run the ten in the race. Oh, no. uh, we had end up getting nine runners, but he he said, uh, "Oh, do we have to start that many?" And I said, "Well, don't you want to win all the money? Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a given. If you've got ten in the race, you're going to get all the money. It's 145,000. Mm. Oh, when you put it that way, he said, "Righto." But um, at the end of the day. Uh, if you've got the horses, if they're good enough to get in the race and the others aren't good enough, well, that's, uh, that's, that's, you know, sour grapes. But, oh, you know, all jokes aside, I, I'm, you know, the bloke, uh, good, good luck for him. He does a good job. He helps Queensland racing too. And, and that's what it's all about. I'm not, I'm not dirty on anyone. I, I'm just, I just couldn't believe, um, how lucky we were to, you know, to, to win the race and, and to Quinella, it is even like, it's just surreal. It's just, um, it's amazing. Talking to Crooksy Post Race, Les, he's a larger-in-life character, as we all know. He kept repeating one thing to me. He said he kept telling you, don't get in the Winnebago, don't get in the Winnebago, don't get in the Winnebago. And what he meant by that, of course, is you were considering at various times quitting training and buying a Winnebago and travelling around Australia. Just give us an insight into uh, into why that didn't happen, I guess, and it ended up, I guess, for the best with, with you winning your richest race. Yeah, well... Uh... Crooksy's been my biggest fan all the way through, and he's trusted me in training the two-year-olds. He believes that I can train a two-year-old. Some people, uh, you know, uh, there's plenty of knockers out there, but um, we're, we're lucky enough to get a few results. But I, I want to. I sold my stables 18 months ago, and uh, 11 months ago, uh, my wife, of 30 or 28 years, and uh, we were together 38 years, uh, decided to go a separate way. So, uh, unfortunately, at the time, I didn't know if I'd have enough money to. To retire, um, we got a couple of million out of the stables, but we weren't sure of the split and weren't sure how much we'd get. And, uh, so that when when that was all happening, um, Cooksey said to me, "Like, what are you going to do?" And I said, "Well, I don't know, but um, we ended up uh, settling on two more years." I said, "I'll give you two more years, and that way, uh, uh, you know, I'll, I'll have sorted myself out, and um, hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, know which way we're going." But uh, after the settlement, everything's good. We're, I'm back talking to my or wife, ex-wife, I should say, and um, <laughs> we've had the settlement. I have got enough to retire now, but I'll stick to my word two years, but um, you see what happens. He just uh, – and I owe him the world. If it wasn't for Crooksy, mm. I certainly wouldn't be sitting here talking to you now, and um, so that's why I'm paying back. 
just give us an insight into the fun of training for Crooksy because I know racing is about, you know, winning races can be highly serious at times. You can go through down times with horses breaking down and all sorts of things. But the bottom line is I imagine training for someone like Crooksy, it would be a hell of a lot of fun, wouldn't it? He's, a, he's just a champion bloke. He understands racing. He uh, understands horses. He understands that horses do get hurt. Mind you, uh, we had the favourite for the Magic Millions, and um, or not, well, I wouldn't say the favourite, but one of the chances anyway. And he uh, chipped a knee a week week out. We, well, I thought he had a stone abscess, and it turned out he had a chip in the knee, and that, that was guttering, you know. And he, yeah, he was disappointed. He, and he, and he, he he's he's a fair man. He's hard but fair. Like he understands that things go wrong, but he he doesn't like it like anyone uh, when things go wrong. But he's. Uh, He's, I'll tell you what, he's a bloody good winner. And uh, <laughs> he, we always have a bit of fun with him. And it doesn't matter if you win, lose, or draw. We, we, still, we still go out for dinner and have a good night. And, um, you yeah, know, we, he's just a great bloke. And, and I don't say that. I, I say that because I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you if it wasn't for him. I've always had a good opinion of this Mashani Royale. I mean, the, the form's there for everyone to see. But I think I've said this before. What I like about her is... Never seen a horse get out of the gate so quicker. Like some horses can begin well and then muster speed, but she pings like a like a greyhound at a box one, and she she's I think still very underrated by a lot of people. There's she's a very good filly. Yeah, well, I, well, I hope you're right, but um, I don't know. I am right, Liz. <laughs> I, I need you to be right. I, I need right. a good horse. I've never had a good horse, and well, you've got one a now. real good horse. And I think we might have stumbled across one, but the horse that runs second, yeah. um, he's he's Neo to a grasshopper, and uh, and he carried fifty seven, sat three deep, and and looked like the winner at hundred out. I, like, so if she's that good, how how good is he? Like he he might be able to win a good race too. So, um, but he's just the weight's going to kill him. He's just a little yeah. horse, and um, but she's yeah she's she keeps you lift the bar and she jumps over it. So. Uh, uh, I think yesterday, before going into yesterday, we were fifty thousand a race, and she's earning a hundred thousand start now. So, uh, yeah, they don't get much better than that. And you were saying to me post race, Les, <clears throat> as well. Actually, I'm not sure if it was me; it might have been someone else. That you, you just can't understand. Like this cutest scheme is a sensational one with lots of money out for growth. You can't understand why more trainers and more owners don't really target horses at these cutest races. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't. I didn't really realise until. Mike shared a few of the horses around. He gives them to a few different trainers, and uh, um, yeah, and, and and some of them want to start them in non-tutorous races. He tells me this, and he he knows, and I know the rules. If if we we nominate, we nominate in the tutorous race. If they're tutorous, that's they go in. And some trainers are happy to just go in a class one or a class three, go through the grades. And I understand that, but if you put them in a tutorous race and they happen to get up when you don't think they can, and plenty of times horses win when you don't think they've got a chance. Um, you, you're getting nearly three times the money, so. Uh, but I don't want everyone to get onto that, because, uh, otherwise I'll win less. Exactly. We'll keep that our secret. We've got to go, Les. We'll run out of time. Have a good day. Champion, thanks, Dave. Thanks for your time. Good on you, mate. See you later. Les Ross there. Great story with Mashani Royal and Mashani Gangster. He went terrifically. Let's go to the three-year-old Jewel. Head of the straight of the Jill, 3.50 left to run, and on the outside on point coming after, Better Rain, who's hanging on gamely and leads it by a length. All that possessed to the outside, she's got the boomers gone, then heroic miss and burnish gold. It's still Better Rain in front, but now, here comes All that possessed, knuckling down to the task, burnish gold running on, Thompson riding high, you've got it son, five wins, great effort, All that possessed one, beat over Spirits Queen, burnish gold, or heroic miss, then even now, followed by Better 
Better Rain who gave cheek. Then came on point, followed by Better Deal. Granite Prince, Boom Court. Well back, Brookhaven. Ekaterina, Heroic Sun, Northern Express. Corf Castle, she's got the boom tailed off. 1-9.6. And Ben Thompson has ridden five winners today. And the two big ones in the jewel. Ben Thompson will join me tomorrow morning on Press Room as my special guest. Uh, five wins, outstanding effort. He is riding high at the moment. And all that pizzazz, he's come back much sharper this campaign. Yeah, it did it. The, the tough way to that horse. Yeah. I didn't get it uh, handed to it on the platter. But, yeah, Ben Thompson, I mean, would have been easy to be, you know, kicking cats, wouldn't it, after you know, winning the group one-on-one coming James and then losing the ride uh, for the Galaxy yesterday. Um but, you know, that's racing. He understood that. And what did he do? Put his head down and rode five winners, if you don't mind, coming after four winners, you know, recently as well. And a group one. He's just in sparkling form. Yeah, nine Metropolitan winners out of uh, from two meetings is, is, is quite extraordinary. Can he win the Premiership? Well, he can. I mean, just on that, Ormond now 65, Thompson 64, and Thompson rides lighter. But Ormond, but don't take anything. Ormond is riding brilliantly. His right on last chance was a pearler. Did you get on at the eight dollars when you? you no, no you Ben Thompson. Did you did, didn't you? No, Tell I, me you did. No, I didn't. I, I offered you didn't. it to you, but oh. you're too stupid to listen to me. <laughs> anyway, that's your fault. I'll talk to you tomorrow. See you, David. Bye. Ben Dorries joining us here on Past the Post. Thanks for your company, folks. Always appreciate it, and I look forward to your company on Press Room tomorrow. You have a good day. Bye bye.